everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando on one episode 364, an update episode. Yes, 364 episodes in. Man, we're like getting, I mean, we're not close, but we're, we're getting closer to the 400 mark. Like I remember we when we were getting close to 300 and now it's like we're over the hill. We're like, we're, we're, we're on the, we're on the way now towards 400 and uh, 400 or, you know, through getting close to 400 episodes in and we uh, still have things to update about. So the way our podcast structure typically works is every other week we have an update episode and then we have a themed episode. So the update episodes are the opportunity that we have to share what's going on in our life reselling wise. Uh, what's going on business and hustle wise? What's going on in the world around us as far as reselling goes? Are there news, uh, new uh, features on eBay? Are there new policies? Are there things going on in the economy that is going to impact our reselling? Things like shipping, that kind of stuff. And then we give some really sweet bolos, some things that you should be on the lookout for when you're out garage selling or thrifting or doing your retail arbitrage. So make sure to stay all the way through to the end of the episode to get all of the juicy tips the things you want to be picking up i also like to start with stats for like the first 20 minutes just to yeah. get, get us going we, we save we save the stats to the middle so if you're if you're if you're into the the book nerdy <laughs> stats man we got it we, we got don't it. even do that half the time all right do you want me to start yeah how's okay. it going man uh I'm, I'm doing all right uh i i did want to share an experiment and again super anecdotal i shared uh with the discord so I've been doing 50% off since February. And when it first started, it was crazy. I was looking at my numbers, insane numbers in February, March, April. And then once, you know, July hit, things started slowing down. So I thought maybe if I, you know, shake things up a little bit, maybe change it up. So I, I ended my 50% off sale, right? Because it's almost Q4, so why not? But it's not Q4 enough. So and it also was a time where I didn't need a lot of sales like within a certain amount of days, like I could, I could take that risk. And so I decided to go 35% off and then a 20% coupon. So people would actually get more than just the 50%. They'd actually get 55% if they wanted to. It did not go well. Uh, it was crickets. I, I, I think I made net over the weekend, which is, this is horrendous. Like I might as well have worked at in and out or something and probably made more money. I think I made maybe $200 net over the weekend, which if I kept going at that rate, like I, I'd, I'd be evicted. I'd be neighbors with Mike. It just wouldn't go well. It just, it'd be terrible. And hey, whoa, whoa. What, what does that mean? Neighbors with Mike? No, no. Like I'd have to move out of California. Like I ah, couldn't afford you. this living anymore, you know? And, and it's, and I want people to know, know you know, there, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, right now, you know, making sales. And I would make the argument that you need to make more sales now than ever before, or at least you need to make more money. Because I know for myself, my electricity has doubled. Uh, gas prices are skyrocketing again. Uh, you know, cost of food, inflation, latest report, inflation is going up again. And the Fed has chosen not to reduce interest rates, which means inflation is going to continue going up. It, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. And so... 
you know, I, I want to encourage people like to understand when, when you're seeing, when you're watching YouTube or listening to people and it's talking about keeping yourselves going. I would argue you need to do more than just keep yourselves going. And this is where I'm at right now. Like that, that 200 wasn't just, you know, 200. It was actually a negative number because I have to make more. And, and long story short, uh, by Tuesday, I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. This is not working out. I first did a private coupon. I I reached, according to eBay, 6,000 people. I hadn't sent a coupon out since January. So I went out to supposedly 6,000 people <laughs> and only got a handful of sales. So I'm like, I'm done with this. Then I made a public coupon, 20% off, right? This is for everybody. Still crickets. So I'm like, all right, I'm done. So I canceled all the coupons, which I don't know how that works. Can you cancel a coupon that somebody got a message that a coupon is good until a certain date? Because the coupons were good until the Friday of the week, but I canceled them on Tuesday. But, oh, well, I guess they canceled. And then uh, and then I ended the sale and I just went back to my 50% off. And guess what? Sales rebounded again. I had normal days again. And I know this wasn't an experiment. There was no control group. There wasn't a big sample of sellers that did this. But to me, there's two things that I, I glean from this. One, sellers don't, I mean, buyers do not like obstacles. Buyers don't like the hoop of having to see if their item works with the coupon. They don't like typing the coupon code. My guess is people automatically saw 50% and people more willing to click through it because they saw the 50% instead of the 35%. And then they go to the listing and the listing says, get an extra 20% off if, you're, if your item qualifies with code, blah, 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 blah. And I, I, I got a whole bunch of, of people that were just doing full on, just paying for things without sending me offers, where during that weekend, I was getting all kinds of low ball offers. And I'll, I'll talk about this later, but I was blocking a bunch of buyers. I have never blocked so many buyers in my life because it was just... It was just obnoxious. I just got tired of it. And I know, I know I always say, keep your cool. You don't need to block people on this one. I'm like, I'm done. I'm just done with the low ball. And again, Orlando low balls, everybody. I understand, but you know what? I'm on the other side. Okay. So it is what it is. All right. I'm I not, by... not going to, I'm not going to use the hypocrite word. I, I live by double uh. standards. Okay. I have double standards. All right. I'm just going to be real with it. Hey, but I'm glad, I'm glad sales rebounded. I, I'm glad things got back to normal. It's just, it's just weird. It's just, it's really strange. I don't know if the algorithm likes it more. I, I don't know. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. You know, maybe Jamie, Jamie only got an alert and decided to hit the button and sales started coming through for me. I don't know what it was. But all I know is, is that the coupon experiment failed. The less percentage sales failed. The, the good, you know, stuff that's working for me is just going 50% off. No coupons, nothing offers for everyone so there was that uh, garage sales were terrible uh and i i just think it's it was actually kind of like sprinkling a little bit and people freak out in san diego and it sprinkles somebody had messaged us on the dm said orlando you say it's gonna be bad garage sales when it's too hot then you say it's gonna be bad garage sales when it's raining so when is it ever gonna be a good time to go to garage sales and i'm like well it has to be that nice 70 something degrees across you know no rain clear skies but i did uh, one of the p things I picked up, and maybe it should have been a bolo for this one, but I was at this garage sale and I didn't show this on Instagram because I didn't want to waste people's time because it was a horrendous morning. And they had those old like CRT TVs, you know what I'm talking about? that, like, yeah. the f but, but it was like the flat screen ones before you had real flat screens. 
You know, the ones that you could like kill people with if you throw it at their heads. And uh, <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about. Is that your just way of saying it's heavy? Yes. Yes. Okay. I could have said it's heavy, but you know, I wanted to go with dramatic effect. And it was it was pretty awesome because I'm like, I'm looking up comps and they go for two to three hundred dollars. So I asked the lady, I'm like, how much for this? And and she goes, Oh, that was my ex-boyfriend's. I don't really care. Just take it. And those are the best. When you go to sales, when it's somebody who's just broken up, I know it sounds terrible, or somebody who just got divorced, I've gotten some really crazy deals because people are just, I want it out of my house. I don't want to see yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Divorce garage sales are the, uh, it's it's one of the saddest things in, in society. I feel like I hate to see that, but man, you can profit at those garage sales for sure. <laughs> I know. I know. I know it's like when people die, right? You get the best sales for famous people, like when they die. Oh, jeez! It's it's just the reality of reselling. Uh, and then that's it. and I've just been sourcing my own haul. Still, my manga haul keeps producing. Now I've gone gone through the toys, and I'll share this on my bolo. But I didn't know that there was such a following for Small Soldiers. Do you remember that? Was it a movie? Was it a show? Yeah, yeah Small Soldiers. Uh, it was a movie. Yeah, people love like some of their toys go for good money and so there's a whole box full of small soldiers toys and it's just it's just been amazing it's been a treasure hunt every time i go through this hall and i'm still not done so anyways yeah that's pretty much my update uh it's been interesting i'm just glad sales have been kind of steady uh but they do need to pick up even more so as we get to q4 nice very cool how about you uh, yeah i mean so a couple things so one um i just realized more and more the importance of routines and mm. Um, I'm really big. I've gotten over the last couple of years, I've, I've been adding more and more um, structures into into place, whether it's personal life, business, all of those things. Um, and one of the things that I found to be most helpful is to-do lists. I've had to-do lists for a long time, whether it's on an app or whether it's sticky notes. Um, and I found um, one that's kind of just like a habit tracker and I can like the things that I want to do daily, whether it's like list five items uh, you know, go for a five minute walk, like the different things that it's like, okay, this would be really helpful to do. And it kind of keeps track and you can set goals. Like I want to do this four out of the seven days of the week. And then you're marking them off and it's showing you on charts, how you're doing. I love charts. Um, but it's amazing that what I've found is that when a couple of those routines fall, then pretty much everything falls apart. Like there's certain things that are almost like foundational. And the big move that I did, I feel like it was successful. We were able to power through it. Um, but it also was a big shakeup, even just summers in general as a teacher, I'm sure you know how that, that is. You get out of normal routines and then you got to get back into regular routines and it, it takes a few weeks to get back into like the cycle and swing of things. Um, but I've noticed that as I'm starting to get more and more of my routine set, you know, the type of food that I eat at lunch, the time that I'm waking up and going to the gym. Cause when I'm off for the summer, it's like, oh, I'll work out in the middle of the day. Some days I'll work out in the morning. Maybe I'll source. And when I, you know, in the afternoon, maybe I'll source in the morning. So those routines are kind of just all over the place. You don't have anything solid. Um, it's, it, I, I'm nowhere near as effective. But once you start like really getting and honing in those routines, whether it's I'm going to stop at these thrift stores twice a week on my way home. I'm going to do this. I'm going to list five items four times a week, you know, in the morning when I'm doing my working out in the gym. And then once a week, I'm going to sit down and power through 20 of them. And, and you kind of have those things set it, it, it really does snowball. And it's like we've talked about with like debt, like the whole like debt snowball when we talked about the Dave Ramsey method is once you really start getting one of these and we also talked about it with at Atomic Habits, right? Like making mm -hmm. small changes. When you make book. those 
when you make those little small changes and then it allows you to build on, you add, you add a, a small change to something else. Hey, I'm, I'm already going to do this thing. So when I'm doing this, I'm going to add this other little thing to attach to it. So it snowballs you, the more productive you are, the actually the more productive you can be. And then that snowballs and it keeps going and the, and the reverse, the inverse is also true. As you let some of those go, they all start to fall apart. It's like a house of cards in some ways. Like you've got a strong foundation, but if, if a couple of those blocks come out, all of that to say, I, I feel like I'm finally getting back into the swing of things, routines, as far as sourcing, as far as getting things listed. So it feels good. Um, but then the hiccups come. And right now, the hiccup that we're dealing with with my family for a while, for a few weeks, we had sick kids that just went through our house. That was rough. You know how that is. Mm-hmm. And right now we've got the whole sleep regression thing. And it's the worst when you have like everything's going yeah. good. I've got my week planned out. I got my days planned out. And then you're up all night with kids screaming and yelling and one of them's doing it and you finally get him to sleep. And then the next one starts screaming and yelling because they got woken up. And and then your whole next day is just shot. I was going to source, but now I didn't sleep at all. I just want to get home. And then once you, like I said, let a couple of those things go. So it's tough because as a part-time reseller and like a lot of our listeners, it's amazing how many people comment in our our YouTube or how many people are in our discord who they've, they're doing the young family thing. They've got, they've got little kids at home and just hearing these stories that it's, it's common. Like we all have these things we're going through. My piece of encouragement though, is once you start letting a couple of those things go and there might be good reasons for it. Like there might be like, Hey, we didn't sleep for two nights cause my kids were screaming. But if you use that as a reason not to do your listing and not to do a sourcing and not to do, eventually you're going to look back three weeks from now and go, Oh man, like I've totally let my business slip. So you can't let those things go. You got to keep the routines going as much as possible, power through. Um, and, and you're going to be more successful that way. One positive note uh, over the last couple of weeks is, and I don't want to share this one exactly what, what the item is um, or a couple of items, because especially with replenishables, we always share when it's garage sale finds, yeah, right? Yeah, when it's yeah. things like yeah. that. But, but my wife and I don't do a lot of retail arbitrage. But I think we found another one. So there's one that I found a while back that I was doing okay at with like Ross, uh, semi-replenishable. Um, and I think we found a seasonal replenishable, which maybe is a little bit of an oxymoron, but I think it still works. Uh, so seasonally, we have a, a, a possible replenishable uh, from just local targets. And that's like, I don't want to say it's a gold mine. It, it might just be like a, a silver mine, hopefully. Uh, but but it does well, seem like was it was valuable at, more than gold at times. So you know. Yeah. So we'll 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 see. I mean, uh, so that's that's kind of a, on the positive side. And really, that just comes from again thinking of seasonal things. Like right now is the time we're moving into the fall. We know how obsessed people are with the fall. Then we also have. Um, Halloween, everybody goes crazy for Halloween, Halloween decorations, costumes. Then we're moving into, you know, you've got Christmas time, all the different seasons we've got coming up. And now is the time that like seasonal things are going to do really well. And so Mm. if you're going to find a replenishable, think of those things that like come out around seasons that people get really, really into. uh, Because a lot of times that seasonal stuff, stores only get a handful of shipments in and then that's it. And so if somebody missed the boat, um, or it got sold out in an area where they're going to turn Well, they're going to go online. So be looking at those things, be thinking about those things. What are the seasonal? And again, it's like anything else. You got to scan, you got to think you got to, you might go through 200 items before you find something profitable. But I think seasonal stuff is, is a more of a low hanging fruit when it comes to like replenishables 
um, if you're just getting started with that. Yeah. And, you know, seasonal items are great. It's just every year there are seasonal items. So if you can find them, you can. But if you can find something that's year round, like you're, you're golden, you're golden. Uh, and and again, it's interesting. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I always say this as to why we don't make, you know, a lot of a lot of people talk about why don't you share your store and so on. And uh, we do have different stores, right? And and you know, when you want to sell a replenishable, you don't want to put that on your public store. Yeah. Uh, and keep those stores separate. I mean, especially yeah. if you're yeah sharing it with people because you don't want that. If you've got an Instagram store uh, where you're sharing on Instagram the cool, you know, 90s vintage shirts you're picking up, don't also sell your, your replenishables yes. on that same store. Yeah, correct, correct. And it's funny because people all the time ask us why not. And that's one of the reasons. The other reason, obviously, is... is we don't know for sure, but we have been told by eBay if there's uh, a lot of watchers or a lot of views and there's no conversion and uh, ends up bringing your store down. And it being that, you know, we're on YouTube, we're not even that huge, but I have some items that have like 11 watchers, 20 watchers, 30 watchers. And all it is, it's, it's maybe some of you that are listening that you want to know is Orlando crazy and what he said this would sell for and will it sell for that amount? And so that ends up hurting things. Cause I do see that sometimes I'm like, Oh man, but uh, I do, I do try to keep most of my stuff on a public store because I, I want people to see, you know, from the sourcing to the selling. And so we can keep it real. So, no, I get it, man. I, I, I'm glad that, you know, hopefully things will be 100% normal uh, and you'll be able to get back into routines. Yeah, routines are super important. Uh, and are you done? Is that everything? Yeah. That's I, I was going to go into how the routine of bookkeeping is super important. And if you haven't been bookkeeping, guess what? There's a great tool that will help you catch up. It's called My Reseller Genie. Uh, you can get the first month for 15% off by going to our link below and using our code Pure Hustle All Caps. And it's going to keep your profit and loss. It's going to import all your eBay stuff from the year before if you need to do taxes. It's going to help you be able to see, okay, what, what items are selling well, what items are not. It's going to put in all the fees that you pay, everything. You know, if, if you're not like Mike, uh, and you don't like spreadsheets, I don't know if that makes sense. Mike, Mike, like you like spreadsheets, right? Yeah. I love spreadsheets. Okay. Yeah. My reseller genie will help you if you don't <coughs> like spreadsheets, it'll take care of everything for you. So if you haven't yet check my reseller genie below and use our code pure hustle for 15% off the first month. All right. You got random stories here. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing like extremely random other than just a, a um, observation, you know, in San Diego, part of it is just the size of big cities Yeah, um, is that I feel there's the closeness of like resellers in the sense of when you go to garage sales a lot, you start to see the same people. Um, and then even if it's like annual garage sales, you start to see the same sellers over time. But there's still this disconnect um, because com the communities are so spread apart. You might be in different you might not go to that same area, that same, you know, several square miles for months because there's other garage sales in other areas. And um, I've just noticed here when it comes to things like estate sales, garage sales, it's much more like people knowing each other, people knowing um, it, it, it. I've I can't tell you how many people I've heard, like even at my work saying like, oh, I'm having a garage sale. Oh, or my neighbor so and so is having an estate sale. Um, and they're, they're sharing that information with each other and they're talking about it. Um, and 
then once people find out, you know, oh, I resell, then I'm hearing it even more. Like I get text mm. messages like, yeah, oh, yeah. there's an estate sale across the street or this. Oh, did you hear there's going to be an estate sale coming up? And and it's just interesting that there's a it's a much tighter and, and different feel. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to affect even things like negotiating um, as it it's more of I'm not even in that small of a town. Like I'm not in like a podunk town, but even still, it's 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 enough of a tighter community that um you know you hear about the sales um sometimes they're not even advertised on facebook marketplace it's just like word of mouth like oh so and so's having a sell or there's going to be a block sale down on that street and so just kind of learning how to get my uh my ear to the the ground and figure out what's going on and then kind of filling out uh so it's just it's an interesting observation it's one of those things that's hard to define i haven't really sat down and thought about it enough to like articulate it in in like a meaningful way on the podcast but uh, just again, one of those things that I think about me and you talked so long about reselling in San Diego. And I think we we do know a lot about reselling in general, but even you, you've traveled different places and there's just such a difference in different places, different communities, different areas, what's hot, what's not, how things work. And just recognizing that so many of our listeners, everybody's situation is different. And so the expertise that we bring comes with the the caveat of this works for where we're at and what we know. And some of these principles are universal. Uh, but also there's going to be a ton of things that you know that we've got no clue about. I mean, even you, like we've been to thrift stores where you've said, and and I've seen it where the fact that you speak Spanish helps you out. I don't yeah, speak Spanish. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so just those little things, like everybody's got kind of different things. So if somebody comes to San Diego, they've never known, they go to certain places, maybe not speaking Spanish. If they don't know how to speak Spanish could be a detriment to them. Whereas in their town, it doesn't hurt them at all. So you just you kind of have to know your area. And I'm um, interested to hear in the comments below on YouTube, if anybody wants to share, like what are some unique things about your area? So maybe if you're in a small area, big area, maybe a part of town, like we, we've, maybe you're up north, you're in the snow country. Like what, what are garage sales like there? Just share your comments below, let us know. Because uh, I, I just loved it to hear and learn more and grow as a reseller. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I, I've wondered that myself, being that, this may be my last year in uh, California, unless uh, I do have some potential uh, places I may move to uh, at the end of this next school year once my son graduates. Uh, but I do, I do wonder, you know, I, I get all the time, you know, if I move to where you're at or if I move to a Midwest state or if I move to the East Coast like Florida, you know, I'm going to have to adapt to that place, right? The, the, the beauty of me being here for so long, I've been a reseller for 10 years in San Diego, at least 10 years in San Diego is I know the ins and outs. If I needed inventory, it'd be easy. It's, it's not hard to find inventory. And now not, I'm not going to find all quality inventory, but I could definitely find inventory if I needed it. And, and so, yeah, it's, it, it uh, for you, I think it's going to at least take a year to finally know, okay, this is where I go. Cause even if you were to come back to San Diego right now, you know exactly what thrift store to go to first. Like, there's no question you would go. You know exactly what neighborhoods are where the great garage sales. You know, even I would say even local deals, you know what areas of San Diego, like, aren't going to be great local deals. Yep. Right? It doesn't matter what it is. You, you know, like, where the scammers are located. Because there are, there are certain places in San Diego where most of the time it's somebody trying to scam you. And so, yeah, it's different. And I'm sure within Texas, there's different areas, right? From Houston to Dallas to Austin to wherever, you know, other place you're located. So, yeah, interesting. interesting. I, that is the one fear I have if I choose to stay full time and go to another part of the country. 
Like that, that well, would be an interesting one. You, you just got to remember though, like your, your knowledge travels. Like, so specific, specific things are going to be different. Um, it's like, it's the same, like any job, right? Like I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher for this is my 10th year being a teacher. I'm at a new school. And in a lot of ways I feel brand new, but then in other ways I look at new teachers and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like at least I don't have those problems, right? Like I know how to manage a classroom. I know <laughs> yeah, how yeah. to set up a lesson plan. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of things I'm learning that's new with this district and this, and so those things, you're right. It takes a little bit of time, uh, but so much of your expertise does transfer over that it, it's it's not as big of a shock, I think, as, as just starting over for sure. Yeah, you know, that's great. And I do want to encourage everyone that's new. Sometimes Mike and I forget what it means to be new at reselling because you might go sourcing at a garage sale or you might go to a thrift store or you might be looking up local deals and you're like, there is nothing. I can't find anything. And I would argue that probably it's because you still need to learn. Like there's a there's a huge learning curve. And and I think you eventually get to a place where you can source from wherever, anywhere you need to go. Now, I will say it is more difficult in a small town. I remember Craigslist here has about in the in the video game category has like 2000 items where Craigslist. I remember when I was over in uh, Janesville, Wisconsin, it was like 100 and it wasn't and it was like 50 miles away some of the places you know so it is difficult it is difficult so all right so i don't have any random stories i i was just gonna i don't know why i wanted to share this but i i do believe i i have this sense and i've been saying this for a long time that what we resellers go through is a true measure of where the economy is uh because right now it, i would say prices continue to go down and it's something that, you know, you can't stop. It's just it's just what happens. Right. So I'm noticing now that even things that six months ago I could sell at a certain price are selling for even cheaper. Right. For example, I don't sell a lot of shoes lately, but I find that you, I have to sell a lot more shoes if I wanted to make it. And luckily, I don't sort shoes anymore. But, you know, shoes have gone down 10 to 20 percent as far as how consistently I could sell them. Right. And I've talked about this with Hoka shoes. Hoka shoes used to be an easy 60 to 80 bucks unused depending on the model. And now they, they don't move unless they're around 30 to 50 bucks. So then your cost has to be even lower. Uh, and so lately I've also had to block a lot of buyers. And I think part of it is the fact that we do have a podcast and people hear that, you know, maybe people hear that sales are slow and people are like, oh, I want to, maybe they're trying to help me. And they send me a low offer to just trigger the algorithm. And if I accept it, I'll get more sales. But lately, it's been it's been wild. It's been, you know, like 25% off the retail price uh, after the 50% off. <laughs> like that's some pretty crazy numbers. But I, I do see it as it's it's a measure of, of where things are uh, right now. You know, in California, I don't know where gas is at, but we're almost at $6 a gallon. Uh, where I'm at, it's not. But if you go anywhere outside of the east eastern portion of San Diego, it's six something a gallon. And, you know, over time, you know, depending on your car, that could be several hundred dollars a month that you might have used on eBay. And so people are definitely going to look for deals. I was reading some news reports uh, that were saying that they and I, I didn't bring them for this podcast, but they were discussing the idea that as things get closer to Christmas, you would think that people are highly wanting things. And so they're willing to pay more. They're like, oh, just drop it on the credit card. But in a recession, it's actually the inverse. People actually look for even better deals as Christmas gets closer uh, because they've run out of money. 
uh, the uh, the Federal Reserve recently just said that by October, most Americans will have no savings anymore. Their savings will be gone. So think about it. If people right now are paying, you know, good money for things, then you got to make sure you keep that happening. But understand, you may have to be lowering prices as we get closer to Christmas if things continue the way they're going. So does that make sense? Yeah. That is scary. Hearing hearing that people will no longer have savings, that is that is scary. That is scary. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, student loans are coming back, so... Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons, too. Yeah. Right? And you're talking about, on average, I thought the number was, I think, like, 80-something percent of people have federal student loans. And here's the stats. And on average, most people that have to pay student loans, it's about three to $400 a month that they haven't been paying for like three years. And now they're inserting that into their budget. So that means people have, will have less money. And we're talking about, I, I think, I think it's like 20 million of the population. So that's, that's a pretty good chunk if I got my numbers right. So anyways, just wanted to share the, the sunshine out there. <laughs> yep. Good times are ahead. All right. Hey, before we move on, in case you ever want to follow us on social media and see what we pick up or any tips that we drop and so on, make sure to follow us on social media. We are Peers of Podcast on all social media, except for X. On X, we are Pure Hustle Cast. Uh, I have been dropping some episodes. I haven't told Mike, but I've been dropping some episodes on X. Uh, let's see how we see how we do. So we may have an X exclusive. That sounds kind of weird, but <laughs> in the future. Uh, Mike's like, this is all new to me. Uh, if you haven't yet, uh, you can always shoot us an email uh, with your hustle of the week or a bolo at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. Or call us 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. And as always, grateful for all of you that listen to us on the podcast. If you haven't had a chance yet, jump on over to YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell notification, and smash that like button. And as always, we're grateful for all the iTunes reviews and for all the Patreon support, uh, especially during this time, Mike and I, you know, I've decided we're going to keep the 555. Uh, it's, it's, I would say it's one of the best bargains out there for a discord uh, outside of free. Uh, but we do it this way. So then we get people that are actually serious. There's always something to be said about having to buy into something. And we have a great uh, group of resellers on there from vintage goods uh, to retail arbitrage. There's that, who, who is that one? There's, oh, I forgot his name, but he's always like talking about fines that he has like at Ross and TJ Maxx and so on. And I'm just like blown away. Uh, so it's good stuff. So check us out there on the Discord. Even if you're just looking for, you know, community, it's definitely there. It's not just about Mike and I. Uh, there's plenty of people out there that are experts. So check us out on the Discord. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pure Hustle Podcast or the link below to sign up uh, and get the bonus of jumping in the Discord. All right, we got yeah. some uh, interesting reseller topics. That's right. Let um, me get it going. I, pr- I probably say that every week. Today, we're talking about the king of collectibles and... YouTubers and NDAs, Amazon Second Prime Day, and eBay now doing luxury consignment. All this and more on Reseller News. Oh, I forgot to remove that from the notes. I, I, I was gonna, we were gonna discuss the NDAs. I, I don't want to get into it, but we'll. All get right. Into well, you it know what? That's uh, that that's that's not enough news for us to talk about. So we're not gonna talk about it. Don't worry. All right. I, just real quick, in case you're wondering, you can follow up, but. There's a certain new site, uh, what, e-commerce site that always has bad things to say about reselling. And they're just saying that eBay is seducing people to sign NDAs 
and that you know there's some uh, violations going on with that possibly and i'm like nah, i don't know i don't see i mean ebay flew us out to ebay open we went to ebay open ebay never said go tout the company line like we actually i think we during ebay open when we were doing those podcasts in the hotel room we actually were saying some negative things about some of the things so yep yeah i i, I what i like about ebay is you know there's this fear amongst people that if you talk negative about ebay on YouTube or whatever, wherever you speak about it, that eBay is going to like shut your store down or do any of that. Number one, there are laws against that. They can't do that. And two, that's not in eBay's best interest, right? eBay's, I'm sure eBay would love it if all YouTubers are like, sales have been incredible. What an amazing platform. Every time I list things, things sell. Like that would be great advertising for eBay. So anyways, just want to share that. Okay. When's the last time you've watched like a documentary on Netflix? A documentary? Or a show, a show, a show. Um, I don't know. I, I really, I don't, I, I don't mean to sound like too, like I'm so intense. Look at me. I'm amazing. I read I'm judging books. you. But uh, I just, I don't have time for shows. I know. I know. So my I wife this... and I like watching Big Brother. I'll, I'll admit that. Oh my we, goodness! Uh, okay. it's, it's the greatest show of all you, you time. Probably other should have than mentioned that, that. that that's... look in in the comments below. People, let us know how great is the show Big Brother. Oh, no, it's it good. Just, that is trash. That's like those like ninety day fiance kind of trash shows. No, it's you know? nothing like that. It's it it's the best look into human psyche as far as how people behave, how people are willing to backstab each other. It's got good political strategy. Like I think, I think it is, it's probably it's, it's well done. It's good. All right. It's cheesy well, on purpose, but it's good. Well, I don't know why I started with that, but uh, I decided to watch this uh, show that's on there called King of King of collectibles. And it's about this company, golden uh, collectibles. I believe the owner's name is Ben golden. I could be wrong, but I'm looking up right now as you talk. But I, I was interested in it because I always like watching these recent. They're, they're all recently shows, right? Pawn Stars, American Pickers, all of those. And so I, I was interested in watching this because I'm like, all right, you know, how is how is this whole world of auctions of collectibles of you know because they had some big collectibles. They they're the ones that had like the the highest selling baseball bat uh and it was um what can i remember right now number 42 Jackie Robinson okay the Jackie Robinson bat also highest selling uh soccer jersey they sold a messy jersey for like $350,000 and so i'm always interested in this because i always go okay what do i do what do i do if i end up with you know uh, an item that is very, very expensive. Right. And, and I've talked about this before and I want to get, you know, the best, the best, you know, amount of money for it impossible. And we all know that uh, in the end, like eBay is great and whatnot could be great, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get top dollar. And so I was like, hey, let me watch this. And by the way, the, the guy's Ken Golden, not Ben Golden, the guy that runs uh, the collectibles, King of Collectibles, uh, not the show, but the company. So I was watching this. And first of all, I will say there's there's a fake component, as always, right? Like Pawn Stars, I remember running into people and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, we went to the Pawn Store and you can't get on the show unless you already have gone through the screening and they only pick certain people, right? 
um, you know, uh, storage wars, right? So I, I've actually had people that I know, and I don't know them directly, but friend of a friend that I met, and they said how they, uh, there were some storage wars episodes where they kind of knew what was in the unit, and so that's why they filmed there. And there's a little bit of that in this show, King of Collectibles. The the one that was the most annoying to me was in the first episode, a guy's like, hey, I'll give you this Jackie Robinson, I think it was a bat, but I need you to give me an appraisal for my Beanie Babies. And I'm like, are we are we serious? Like, this is what we're doing. Like, I, I know that company knows that Beanie Babies are trash. So sure enough, first episode, they bring out Dr. Lori. And I, I'm not trying to say anything negative about Dr. Lori, but she made an appraisal about these Beanie Babies. Like, oh, in August, if you have the Princess Diana, it sells between 55 to 100 because that's around the time that Princess Diana died. And you know, Beanie Babies can be hot. And I'm like, no, like I've been recently long enough that that, that was for the cameras like that. That is not true. Like there's a, so I will say when you've been recently long enough, you watch these shows, you're like, come on, like that's not true. Now, there's a lot of stuff I learned, I learned. There's only six episodes. Number one, I've said this all the time in auctions. It's all about the hype. The more, more hype you can get to something, the more money you can get, right? This is why whatnot is difficult if you don't have a following, right? If you're brand new and you're trying to start on whatnot and you only got eight people in the room, you're not going to get top dollar, right? So what, what Ken Golden does really well is he ends up, what they do is like, for example, the Jackie Robinson uh, bat, uh, what they did is they not only had the bat, but they also had like, uh, they went out and they bought from somebody a jersey, so they 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 lotted a jersey as part of the auction. And then they also some cards or a note, like all these different things. And so it created all the uh, all the people. To, it brought all the people together that want Jackie Robinson items. And I'm like, that's pretty genius, right? Because you're getting every you're getting very wealthy people together. And you're saying, hey, you may not get this bat, but there's also this and there's also this and there's also this. So I thought, OK, that's good. So maybe uh, on whatnot. You know, I'm thinking at a practical level because most people that listen aren't going to have stuff to give to Ken Golden to sell on King of Collectibles. Like a whatnot, maybe it's good to bring stuff of similar interest together because sometimes I see people on there and they're like, this is everything I got from the thrift store. And they just start trying to sell stuff from the thrift store. But what if you bring a bunch of popular stuff, right? Or stuff to lead uh, your auction with. Uh, another one is... um you know, the right people to the auction. And so what they actually do is they actually call people, right? They're saying, Hey, we know you're interested in this. So they have a long list of clients. And so if Mike and I ever get to the next stage and we decide to do these kind of deals, like that's something I'm going to look into, right? They always have these constant people they can call and so on. They have uh, direct phone lines to the auction house. Uh, they had one where there was a, a card uh, that was worth uh, at 2 million and, they called the guy and they're like, hey, there's a card here. Before it goes on auction, we're giving you the opportunity to do a private buy. And what was interesting about that one was they didn't reveal how much it sold for. And the reason they didn't is because the guy that bought it, he wanted to control the market on the value of the card. So if it's not revealed and let's say he bought it for a million, he could say this is worth five million. And who's going to question him? He's yeah. the only one that has that card. Right. So he's going to get more money. I'll share one thing and one more thing from this and I'll be quiet. Uh, 
I thought it was pretty interesting. If you want to do consignment, which we've talked about before, uh, which I just started doing consignment with some Volkswagen parts. Nice. What they what what they do is uh, they'll go to somebody who's wealthy, and they don't. The person's like, I don't know if I want to sell this. Like there was one guy that had, um, uh, they had let's say a huge basketball collection, and it was worth like fifteen to twenty million. Okay, and. He 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 told the guy in order for him to sell it, he's like, hey, I'll give you some cash up front because we know how much we're going to sell this for. And he started at, I think he started at like five million or something. It ended up being he he agreed to twelve point five million up front. But he knows the stuff is worth 20 million. And here's the interesting thing about this consignment house is they don't charge you the fees after it sells. The buyer of the item pays for fees on top of the price they paid. So if something sold for a million, instead of taking $300,000 consignment free out of that, that doesn't go back to the original owner, they instead charge the buyer $1.3 million. And then, and so, so it's a win all around. So anyway, I thought these were, these were interesting things to think about. Um, I got more to say. Anyways, initial thoughts, Mike. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Good. Right. Yeah. I don't right. have this a lot is- of thoughts on it. Okay, okay, but this was another one that was cool. Remember we had talked about how that guy was waiting for Britney Spears to die and he was telling us to load up on on Britney Spears stuff? Okay, yeah, yeah. And just in case people are new to the podcast, especially because you started the podcast by saying that a a good way to make money is when when celebrities die. Look, we're not advocates of that we're 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 saying that that's a thing that happens and that uh somebody posted a comment that was pretty funny about that and it was funny because the way it was worded was it was funny it was comedic um that being said we're not like hey try and make money off of death like that's not that's not our our stance here also we recognize that that happens and uh, it's not always a bad thing to do so yeah well i thought it was interesting because there's somebody that can sign like a, a piece of clothing that Britney Spears had. And instead of selling it right away, they're like, oh, we're going to keep this in vault in the vault when she becomes popular again. And I'm like, wait a second. Like the way things are right now, I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon. You never I know. I mean, people people end up in the news like randomly for various stuff, you know, like. All it takes is her to do something crazy, get arrested for something. All of a sudden she's in the news or come out with like a, a brand new tour or something, a new CD and she's popular again. And yeah, so it's not just death, but I get or, it. Or they were looking at the other alternative and saying, hey, when this happens, we're going to put this to, to sell for the top dollar. So, but it, it is interesting. Like, again, Mike and I have said, if you have the ability to buy stuff and just hold on to it. Uh, knowing that it'll eventually go up in value, especially right now in this economy, is definitely uh, worth your time. So, anyways, that was it. I thought it was uh, it was an interesting show. Uh, I definitely learned a lot. I would say that is probably as top tier in reselling as you can get. Right? I mean, reselling is really hard to scale. I would say getting to six figures isn't easy, but it's it's not as difficult as as you as you think. But remember, you have to make far more than six figures to actually make six figures, right? Because Uncle Sam wants her cut, and so you know you're talking about once you get to six figures, you're gonna start losing a good amount to, to mm-hmm. the government. Okay, um, and then 
like on Amazon, you're right. You could be a million dollar seller, but you may only be making 10% net profit. But on this one, this is a great way of doing it in the sense that you develop your networks. You are, you're looking for inventory, but in the end, the inventory is kind of there. You just have to be the person that gets, gets to it. And you're able to sell the person that, Hey, I can sell this for this much. And you make a lot of money without having to constantly being out there sourcing all the time. Right. And so this is something I, it's not something, I don't know. I was torn. Cause I'm like, Hey, would I ever be interested in, in working for a company like this? Like, would it be cool to just go find collectibles? Right. And I think the people that work uh, for King Golden, they get a, they get a, a cut if they're like the first person to find the item that goes on auction. So I don't know. I thought it's pretty fascinating. So let us know in the comments if you watch this. Uh, it definitely had its, its you know cheesy moments and all that, but it, there was a lot to learn there. So, all right, uh, Amazon second Prime Day. Are you gonna buy any any things on uh, October tenth? I don't know. I mean, I got the green screen behind me on Amazon Prime Day this last time, so maybe. Um, I feel like again, as resellers, the the benefit of Prime Day or things like Prime Day is the the mania that happens and people start spending when people are spending money, they spend more money, right? It's, it's just how it works. It's like, it's why places know, um, they'll, they'll get you by offering a discount on something. They try and get you spending. Once it, once you start flowing, once those dopamine rushes are happening, people will spend more and more and more and more and more. So it's weird because it's like, what could Amazon prime day have anything to do with an eBay seller or somebody on Depop or somebody. And it's weird to say, but it's true that, not everybody, but many people, once they start buying things on Amazon, they, I bought this, I bought this. Oh, you know, I had this other thing I wanted to get to. And, and, and so you do, you, you do end up occasionally getting additional sales because of that. It's not always the case. Uh, but, uh, it is, it, it, it can be beneficial for us as resellers on even the secondary market for something like prime day. Uh, but you know, even occasionally get some good stuff. I just feel like, you know, how over time, like black Friday has gone from being like, I feel like at least I remember it when I was younger as being pretty cool. And then it just became like almost just cheap. Like you go and it's like the Black Friday TV or the Black Friday like toaster is the like spatulas. kind of it's yeah, it's kind of like the junk stuff. It, it's not even yeah. like it's not even like that's not the one you want. It's just like the cheapy one anyways. And they mass produce them. And it's so I don't occasionally I find some good stuff on Prime Day, um, but I, I'm really trying not to spend too much. What about you? I, I get the sense that people are going to be buying earlier for Christmas. I think that's what it's doing. I think once October hits, people are going to start buying a bunch of gifts on Prime Day. And this is an encouragement for all of us to make sure we have all the stuff we want to sell listed, at least by October 10th. I think there's going to be a good month. Every every year, people are buying earlier. Right? And I remember the days when I used to sell a lot on Amazon that I would wait until like the second week in November to start sourcing and start sending stuff in for FBA. And now I feel like people are buying earlier. And, and I, two years ago, I noticed that where I had more sales on October than I had in the first two weeks of December, which was odd because first two weeks of December used to be crazy. I would make more money in the first two weeks of December than I would of all of Q4. And so that's, that's changed. So I, I definitely want to encourage everyone even though Amazon, yes, it's Prime Day, it's people aren't looking to, you know, buy secondary goods. I do think that's going to kind of kick off uh, the Q4 season. 
Uh, and so make sure you have stuff ready because, you know, again, we don't know how much money people are going to have on hand. And so you want to be able to get those sales before people run out of money. I know that sounds terrible, but this is kind of where, where we're at right now. So there you go. Prime day. All right. One last one. I thought this is, this is our uh, homicide of the week. Uh, and <laughs> what, what kind of podcast are we turning into? This is one of the strangest ones we've had. Also, let me read this story. This is uh, 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 from CBS News. Uh, a report of a human skull in a donation box brought police to a Goodwill store in Arizona. An employee called in the gruesome find, according to CBS affiliate KPHO-TV, because they feared it might be related to a criminal or missing persons case. In a photo shared by the Goodyear Police Department. What? There's a good, okay, good year, Arizona, I guess. The skull is withered with what appears to be a prosthetic blue eye attached to the right socket. The police department, public information officer, Lisa Berry, said at a news conference that the medical examiner studied the skull and found that it is not likely related to a crime. Uh, their initial findings confirm it is a human and appears to be historic. It appears, uh, it doesn't appear to be linked uh, to a crime. <laughs> And I'll finish up here. It said, we did speak with the medical examiner's office. He did confirm it is, in fact, a human skull. But at this point, and this is preliminary, it appears to be historic, ancient, and does not appear to have any forensic value at all. And uh, what this means is that there's no crime really attached to the skull. And then a customer told them that they were shocked to hear about the find. I've never heard of anything donated like this, especially here. I come to this Goodwill all the time. I've never heard of anything that crazy being donated. My question is, would this have been behind the glass? And for how much would the story that shall not be named listed for? It's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine it's just sitting out there. But uh, the things you can find at Goodwill sometimes, man, it, it's interesting. But but a skull. Like, I luckily, it was before. Imagine if you were, did this say it was like after they donated, they found it? Yeah, an employee, an employee found it. Okay. But imagine if you're the person that bought that box and you went home, like you thought it was like a a box, like it was locked. Sometimes you'll buy like a locked box at a thrift store and then you figure out how to open it and you open it and there's a skull. Like that would, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, your first reaction would be, well, I mean, I guess you wouldn't know, but it would be like, is this just a Halloween decoration or... <laughs> And how is it historic is my question. Was this a collector of skulls? Like, was it? I don't know. I just, the whole story sounds kind of, kind of interesting. So anyways, that that's, our, that's our homicide of the week. Uh, you know, just watch out. Just watch out. All right. That's what we got for reseller topics uh, today. Uh, and, uh, but we do have things you should be looking out for to buy for good profit. Yeah. Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? Yeah, bolo. So, all right, Orlando. Before I give my bolo, I got a question for you. Okay. How often do you think of the Roman Empire? Oh, are we doing that trend thing here? I, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm a history guy, so I think about it every week okay. for multiple right. reasons, whether I'm teaching or because. You know, I'm thinking like this. Is not, what's happening right now is kind of like Rome. But anyways, so um, I obviously I'm I'm kind of teasing when I say that. Um, if you've been if if you're not aware, there's a trend going around, which I'm not on social media enough to see the trends, but I listen to podcasts that occasionally talk about things, and so I've kind of looked this up. And sure enough, there's this trend going on, super popular right now, 
where like women are asking their significant other, um, you know, whether it's a boyfriend or a husband or something like that, like how often do you think of the Roman Empire? And then they get numbers that are just like astonishing to them, like, oh, every week or a couple times a month or every day or several times a day. And and the, the ladies then like kind of laugh and chuckle and they're like, I never think about it. And so it's just this kind of interesting thing. And I, I don't want to get into why people are, are, are why guys maybe think about the Roman Empire or not. Um, but what's kind of interesting about that, so you notice the picture that I have in the background. I used to have a different one up there that was kind of just a joke uh, and and got some complaints on it, so I replaced <laughs> it. This is actually one of my favorite paintings. It's been one of my favorite paintings for several years now, uh, and it comes from it comes from a, a series called uh, The Fall, or no, The Course of an Empire. The Course of an Empire, I think there's five paintings involved in it, and the, the five different paintings kind of depict the Roman Empire from like nothing all the way through the destruction, the desolation of uh, the Roman Empire. Uh, this one is called Destruction. And I really like this painting. And so it's been up there even long before this trend became a thing. So it's kind of funny that uh, I have a, a Roman Empire uh, painting in the back of, of on my green screen here. That being said, with this trend, with these kinds of things, I've been thinking like, all right, are Roman themed stuff going to become popular, especially as we get closer to Christmas? Just because like if a lady like kind of is shocked to hear that her husband or her boyfriend thinks of the Roman Empire on a regular basis and that has never even crossed her mind or doesn't almost ever cross her mind, it might almost be like maybe gag gifts or even just like, hey, since you love the Roman Empire so much, here's this thing. And you, you never know, like maybe you're at a, a thrift store or garage sale and you just see I'm thinking of things like books, like like history books. Um, cause again, even, even the trends is going to push stuff like this, like people who are like, you know, I don't really think about it too often, but I do, maybe I do want to learn more about the Roman empire. And so things like, um, encyclopedia style books or series on the Roman empire, I think are going to start shooting up in price. Uh, so if you have those, they're probably going to start selling for more. So make sure to up those prices, be on the lookout for those. Even things like you can get old, like I think it's copper, a lot of old copper Roman, uh, coinage for, relatively inexpensive some of them are very expensive but i think there might be an increase in the values of those um, just again just interest it's like anything any kind of trend even though i wouldn't call the roman empire a trend you know it's yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. a, you know one of the longest lasting superpowers in the world however uh it is currently trending to be talking about the roman empire so uh that is my bolo there you go Tra trending stuff it's it's always interesting like you just you just never know, but you got to be on it quick. Like you have to be on it fast. So, all right. So I had mentioned small soldiers before, and I got to tell you, I am always shocked at how much toy accessories sell for. Right, and, and it makes sense, right? Because you know when you're a kid and you get a toy, what's the first thing you lose? It's usually the gun, right? The axe that He Man had. Right. And, and what, you know, I just remember last year selling uh, Skeletor's loincloth for like $40. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is, this is wild. And so even with small soldiers, like there were certain, uh, a certain uh, toy, like gun accessories that were worth like 40 to 50 bucks. And I always find this fascinating because it's so easily overlooked. Uh, I had, you know, I had this box and it was full of stuff. And at the bottom, there are all these miscellaneous, you know, guns and and swords and and spears and all. And 
it's very easy to throw things away, right? You're like, oh, these aren't worth anything. But here's what you need to do. Use Google Image. Google Image is beautiful because I have made so much money by just taking that picture and it just breaks it down. And then you see what people are selling it for. And people are just trying to com complete things, right? So if you're able to find something, right, that is a rare piece. So one thing I sold really quick, and it wasn't for a lot of money, but it was it was like uh, the small soldiers. Uh, here, I'll look it up real quick. But it was it was this one thing that wasn't really being listed, and I just threw it up there, and I, I didn't I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think it it sold that quick, but it sold within hours. So I probably should have listed it for more. But I I sold a uh, small soldiers slam fist <laughs> from 1998, and it's just basically it's like it looks like there's a a piece of granite rock at the end of of like this handle and you just like smash people with it or something. It's like super tiny, 15 bucks plus shipping. Huh. And I came across like 20 of them. Not, not of those, but 20 small soldier toys that are going to make my like three to $400. And uh, I, I, I want to encourage you guys. Like if, if you're ever, you know, buying out a collection, if you're ever my, my Skeletor stuff that I sold my He-Man, I made like $500 it was in a little Ziploc bag to be thrown away outside of an estate sale. And I just picked it up and go, huh, this looks like old He-Man. And sure enough, it was worth money. So that is my bolo. I think I've shared this bolo before, but I, I want to let people know just because it's, it's a small item. Sometimes we have this idea that, oh, if it's small or it looks generic, it's not worth anything. Sometimes those things are worth more than like the $200 item that took forever to ship. That's the beauty of these small toys. Uh, there's a guy uh, on eBay that I follow and uh, he's like in another country, but he has like thousands of toys and they're just like little small accessory toys. And he has sales every single day. So wow. that is my bolo. That's, that's a good one. Good. <laughs> if you can find it, if you can find it. So, all right, man. Hey, before we move on, uh, I just want to shout out American bubble boy. I, I know a lot of people, you know, have uh, had, you know, the experience of the bubble wrap but you know the tape is something i always say it's a great go-to so my go-to tape right here exclusively sold uh, by american bubble boy sometimes they had deals they have deals uh and we we have a five percent off if you can use our code uh pure hustle by going on the link below but it, it's i think it's like 35 or 37 bucks free shipping for 24 rolls of tape like that that's an amazing deal and it's good and it's solid tape. So if you haven't checked them out, check out American Bubble Boy. Get that bubble wrap. Uh, I get free next day shipping based on where I'm at. So it's kind of beautiful, you know, and, and meaning like if I order on Monday, I will get it by Wednesday. Uh, and, you know, you could do two day shipping. You can do uh, local pickup if it, there's one in your area. Joel's always been good to us. Uh, you know, he actually uh, he sent us some some tape. OK, but we weren't paid to talk about this. OK, but so. But the, the reason being is that, you know, uh, he, he wanted to say, hey, check out this tape. And I, I went through the rules, but I just want to say that, like, even if we weren't given, I bought these. Every single tape that I buy now, I've been paying out of my own pocket. And uh, it's definitely worth picking up. So do you, do you need some tape, Mike? Do you want me to yes. US, USPS ground advantage? Send, send some this way. I mean, shipping's getting expensive, but, uh, you know, I'll always take tape. I'll send it media mail. Just joking. I'm just joking. Don't come after me. Don't come after me. All right. Anyways, what are you looking forward to, Mike? 
Um, you know, just like I was mentioning earlier, like the routines, I feel like the snowball of them building on on top of themselves as as listing and sourcing increases and those just those routines fall into place. Uh, sales, I feel like, come next, and so I'm just excited to see sales start picking back up. And um, and because like you, I mean, sales are down uh, at, at just I think everybody's experiencing that to some extent. And I think part of that is just haven't been quite as active as I've been in the past. I'm more active than I was when I was, you know, when I had a son in the in the hospital and had a baby and all of that and dealing with the move. Uh, but even still, it's it's slower than I'd like. And so uh, I think as things get moving, we'll we'll keep uh, we'll we'll have more sales. That money, uh, that there's nothing like that cha-ching. <laughs> I got to tell you that they, they, I that must have been research because it is it is pretty addicting. So I was at a. Where was I at? I was somewhere and it kept going off and somebody was like, I like hearing that sound. And I was like, yes, that was done on purpose. It's the sound of money. The, do you remember the old message sound when there was a message? Do you remember that one? Mm. Like what happened? Why did they get rid of that one? So anyways, just uh, throw that out there. All right. What am I looking forward to next week? Uh, so I'm in this really weird place because I really want to do Amazon. Uh, I've been out there researching and I just can't find stuff. Uh, and so I'm going to continue on. I, I want to have a Q4 like I had two years ago. I, I know I'm not going to have it because the economy is different, but I, I need to make sure that if Q4 is slow for me on eBay, that it's going to do well on Amazon. Like I can't, I can't have a Q4 that looks like, you know, the last Q4 and so on. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, somebody had said on, on Instagram, I posted how September was just a terrible month. It was just a slope. My bar graph kept going lower and lower and lower as we got into February and September. And somebody said, well, what are you, what are your year to date sales? And it, it made me stop for a second. And I had to think about it because I compared uh, my 1099 from last year to this year. And <laughs> yeah, I am making less and working more, a lot more. And I, I kind of, I, you know, there, there has to be a point where I need to make a decision here of what I'm going to do in reselling as far as, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to be done full-time reselling anytime soon or part-time or any of that. But uh, there's, if, if things continue down this road and there isn't this pickup in Q4, which I think there will be a pickup in Q4, I got to find other ways to make money on reselling. And I've been ignoring Amazon for a while. And so I'm going to get back into uh, trying to sell on Amazon again, but I will tell you, it is more difficult. There actually was a thing. I, uh, I was regated and I try to ungate and they make you watch a video. And then, you know, if you already watched the video, you don't have to watch it again. And then you have to answer all these questions. Like I, you know, what is the best way to sell on eBay? And it gives you like multiple choice questions. And they do this for every item you want to get ungated in. So you have to agree that you're not going to sell counterfeit goods. You have to agree that, you know, you inspected the item. I'm like, whoa, why all these hoops? Why all these hoops? So that could be good in the sense that means less sellers on Amazon, or that could be bad where it's going to be really difficult. So I'm just trying to find, uh, you know, different ways uh, to make money on reselling. Uh, I'm also, I, I go back and forth, but, um, I have a lot of clothing and shoes and I, I think I'm kind of done selling clothing and shoes unless it's vintage stuff. Uh, and so I'm trying to decide what to do, 
do a big one-night auction, get, you know, go through them, sell them to another reseller. Uh, and it's not that they're bad items. I just, I just, I, I, I do, I do a lot of hard goods. Like I would say 80% of my stuff is hard goods now and collectible. So anyway, that's what I'm looking forward to. So anyways, Hey, hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. <laughs> hopefully you'll, you'll tune in again, despite, you know, the, the randomness of this episode. Appreciate every single one of you that tune in consistently. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.